thank you, Stephen, for that warm introduction. I just want to do right up front, just make a little um, disclaimer, and that is a very good friend of mine, Keith Johnson, um, who's here, said to me this morning, Terry, the way to settle nerves is water. Water, water is a wonderful way. He gave me all, he's a, he's a teacher, and gave me all the sort of physiological reason why having water in your gut settles nerves. So if halfway through the sermon I have to leave, um, please just be gracious with me. I will come back and I will switch off the mic, okay? So, so um, anyway, um, uh, you know, the truth be told, um, I really struggled with this topic, you know, and, and uh, you know, when, when, when Stephen and, and Dave asked me to, to, to talk on it, I thought, um, oh no, that's quite a hard topic. And then when I researched it, I thought, Oh my goodness, why did I say yes? Because, you know, when you, when you think about ambition, you know, the Bible's very clear about selfish ambition, what that looks like. But the question is, does godly ambition even exist? When you think about ambition, about trying to get ahead, you know, achievements, power, you know, trying to have influence, in a, in, a, in a gospel where it talks about the last being first, you know, that the humble will inherit the kingdom of God. The question was, does, does godly ambition even exist in the vocabulary of the kingdom? And so I tell you what, I'll make this pact with you this morning. I'm not going to preach to you, but in fact, I, what I want to do is invite you to wrestle this through with me. I have prayed about it, I believe God has a word for all of us today, um, but he wants to meet with you. And this is my encouragement. You know, we've sung about a holy God. And the thing I love about holiness is the invitation for us to be a holy, righteous people. That somehow we take on the very nature of God. And so when we were talking about holy, 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 I just said, God, thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. That I can leave this place not with my shame and my guilt, but I can leave this place with you, you knowing you are my Father and that I am your righteousness and that you make me holy and you make me in the image of Christ. So my invitation is not to be passive um, this morning, but to, to really wrestle this through with me. And I believe God would like to speak to you individually. I think Stuart picked up on that already, that he was speaking to you individually. So let, let God continue to speak to you this morning as we, we work through this, um, this, this, um, this topic of godly ambition. So to start, um, let's, let's do the, you know, if you can turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, I'm going to take some insights from um, Philippians chapter 2. And it says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, 
and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Right, so, the very first thing I want to do this morning is to, I said we're going to participate, we're going to wrestle this thing through together. So, with your neighbor, answer these two questions if you don't mind. What does ambition look like to you, and would you describe yourself as an ambitious person? Yes or no? Why or why not? Okay, you've got 30 seconds to answer that question. Let's go. <laughs> well, I have some more water. Thanks, Keith. <laughs> Okay, well, that was just to get you thinking about the topic. So we're not going to solve it now or else I won't be able to talk to you about this topic. So let's pause it there. All right. But let me show you what the, what the dictionary talks about in terms of, of selfish ambition. So it talks about a strong desire for success and achievement, power and wealth. An earnest desire for extraordinary achievement or distinction, power, wealth, and fame. A strong desire for advancement. And as I said, you know, like one of the struggles I had with this topic is when you think about what the Bible says about being a, you know, a follower and a lover of Jesus Christ. It talks about humility. It talks about, as we saw in Philippians, you know, that if you've got any compassion or love, and make my joy complete by being like-minded and the question is well do the two go hand in hand you know is, is selfish ambition or ambition and per se just something that is something for the world but not necessarily something for the church of god and so the easy part of this was well let's look at selfish ambition and so i started with that because the, the bible is very clear in this passage about selfish ambition you know considering yourself more highly than others, you know, being vain and conceited, being prideful, you know, only looking to the interests of yourself and not to the interests of others. So that was easy. All right. So I looked at it and I thought, okay, selfishness or selfish ambition is when it's all about you. All right. When, when, when the, your interest lies almost exclusively with you, you know, and, and you elevate yourself above others. And the world is full of that. You know, we told how to get ahead in the world, you know, make sure that you, you stand above the crowd, make sure you differentiate yourself. So the world is full of that. And, you know, interestingly, I looked at how many selfies are posted every day. How many selfies do you think are posted every day? Huh? All right, 93 million selfies are posted every day. And have you also always noticed that, like, there's a certain pose? idea that goes with the selfie or, or 
that people always show you what the, the, the best part of their lives. But it's not necessarily authentic, is it? You know, because the struggles that we go through, the things that we, the, the real us that we wrestle with, those never come through in the photos, the photos or the selfies. It's always about us projecting something of, of, to try and make people envious or say, look how good I am or look how lovely my life is or look how much I've got it all together, you know. And, um, and, and you know what, I've been there. You know, I, I joined Facebook because I, I, I just loved seeing how people at my school had deteriorated and I looked quite useful. <laughs> you know, so, I'm all selfish. I'm going to be, and anybody from school still watching, you love me. Yeah, I, I promise you, you all love me. Beauty's on the inside. All right. <laughs> but, um, but no, genuinely speaking, you know, we, we, we project something. And then vain and pridefulness. You know, have you ever been in those conversations where, where you leave there and you think, they never asked me anything about myself. They just spoke about themselves. That boomerang effect, you know, where, where you start saying, hey, you know, I just had this lovely thing happen to me last week. And that boomerang, oh, you should see what happened to me last week. And suddenly the conversation becomes all about somebody else. But, you know, there's a warning to selfish ambition. And I think I've already alluded it to it this morning. It's that we're taught to live that way. This is how we're taught to get ahead in the world. I've been in business, you've heard. I've, 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 um, I've worked in the USA, I've worked all over the world. Um, at, at quite a high, high um, position, I've, I've hosted Theresa May in my offices um, when she was Prime Minister. You know, and I can tell you that the way I was taught to get ahead in the world is that you had to, you had to constantly elevate yourself above others. Never show weakness. You know, always, never take blame. Never admit that you were at fault. You know, and we, 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 we told these things, that if you really want to get ahead, put on this persona of I've got it all together. You know, that's how we taught. But you know, there's, 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 another, um, there's, a, there's another sort of um, warning about selfish ambition. Um, and it's this. You know, when we, when we look at Isaiah, um, Isaiah I've 14, you know, we as Christians, we are told to reflect something of the kingdom of God. We, we, we're told to be the fragrance of Jesus Christ. And, you know, one of the things as I was preparing is when I realized that selfishness creeps into how I live my life. In actual fact, this is going to sound harsh. We don't represent Jesus at all, but in actual fact, we represent the devil. His characteristics, what he aspires to. If you read the scripture, um, in Isaiah um, chapter 14. And it says, You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on Mount of Assembly, on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the, the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. I'll go back. That. I will make myself like the most high. And you know, if we have to be honest, often we find ourselves just slipping into selfishness. Where in actual fact, if you looked at it and we said, do I really trust you, God? Or am I trying to do it in my own strength? Am I trying to work this thing out on my own? Or am I really resting in your grace? I think often we will see that the crown is not on Jesus Christ. 
but the crown is in us. And the other thing that, that is really important about this is that, you know, when we live out of selfishness, people get hurt. You know, when we don't consider others more highly than us, when we don't take an interest in others, it starts with marriages, it starts with parenting, it starts with friendship, it starts in the workplace, but those relationships always deteriorate. So there's a real stark warning about selfishness. You know, and, and in the scripture it says, don't do anything out of selfish ambition. Don't do anything out of vain conceit or pridefulness. Check your hearts. And the, and the litmus test in terms of you know, what's in your heart is who's getting the glory and are you genuinely taking an interest in others? Can you genuinely celebrate somebody else's success? So, that was, the, that was in some ways the easy part. The hard part, because actually when I looked in my heart, um, I suppose I've never had a scripture that has really challenged what's in my heart or a, a, a sermon that I've had to prepare for as much as this one did. But the question is, is, is there room for, for godly ambition? And you know what? I think there is. Um, I'm going to, you know, when, if I think of ambition, I think of excellence. I think of striving for more. I think of wanting to be the very best. And the very first thing I see is that I think the cross was exactly that. It was excellent, brutal, gr grueling, horrific, but it was excellent because it did a complete work. There was no half measures with the cross of Jesus Christ. It was a complete work. It was completely done. We can leave here today being God's righteousness, His sons, His daughters. We can leave here today just with a real expectation that our life has purpose and that it accounts for something. But it was excellent. So I thought, okay, wow, okay, that, that, that for me is a great definition of ambition. You know, ambition is not always easy, but it's excellent. And I thought, okay, I can, I can, I can, I can work with that. But then as I started to really read through the scriptures around this topic, I saw that there was a real invitation to do more and to be more. You know, even these, you know, 1 Timothy 3 verse 1, he has a trustworthy saying, whoever aspires to be an overseer desires an overtask. Oh my goodness. So you can have an aspiration to be an elder in a church. You can have an aspiration to be a church leader. You, you, you can be in a position of authority. And then the Bible says if you aspire to that, that's a noble thing. Go for it. You know, then you see in 1 Corinthians 14, earnestly pursue love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gifts of prophecy. Wow, those are the public ones. You know, it's not the gifts of service that no one sees. Those are the ones where you come out and you start prophesying and you, you're very public. And the Bible says, go for it. It's eager. Be eager to have those gifts. You know, when I look at Jesus Christ, you know, if, 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 if ambition is all about knowing exactly what you're called to and nothing's going to hold you back. I mean, he was fantastic. He was the sower that despite the stones, the, the thorns, the birds, he just carried on sowing. And then when I look at, at, at you know, people like Daniel and people like Joseph, uh -oh. um, I, I can't be in the pulpit. Um, which is good, because I'm just talking to you. Um, when I look at them, you know, what I see is, is people that God worked on their character and promoted them to positions of high influence. You know, 
second in charge of the most powerful nation in the world. That was Joseph. Daniel speaking to Nebuchadnezzar and people of authority. You know, God putting them into those places. But in all of these stories, the, the, or in all of these Bible verses, the one thing that's clear is the difference between selfish ambition and godly ambition is who gets the glory. You know, Joseph, when, you know, in the beginning he said, oh, my, you know, like, oh, God's given me a dream. Guys, guess what? You're going to bow down to me. You know, but at the end, um, when, when, when Joseph um, was asked by Pharaoh to interpret his dreams, what did he say? Only God, only God can interpret your dream. A change of heart. You know, he stepped into a place of incredible influence, but because his heart was now right to receive it. So guys, what does godly ambition look like, you know, um, in the church? And I do believe that there is something that is, that is um, something excellent about ambition. You know, something where we're not going to settle for mediocrity, where we're not comfortable just making it through life. But we want to live our life with such zeal and such enthusiasm for everything that God has called us to. And what I see is that the very first thing is that, that we esteem others above ourselves. You know, that, that godly ambition is, is all about um, really making sure that we leave people and situations in a better place than when we found them. Let me repeat that. Leaving people and situations in a better place than when you found them. I always used to say to my leaders, if people followed you, would this be a better place to work or a worse place to work? If people imitated you, would the relationships be wholesome and stronger or would they be fragmented? You know, look in the mirror. What, what's going on? And I think there's something, you know, one of the things I've always aspired to, I never, I never ever thought I would ever get to a place of, of, of leadership anyway, really, quite frankly. But um, as I started to recognize that God had anointed me to lead people, and I say that humbly, um, that, that I, was, I, I wanted to do that because I knew I cared enough for people, that it was no longer about me, but it was about opening doors for other people. And I think that's that, you know, and I don't want to, this is the, the last thing I want is that this sermon becomes about me. This is all about what God is doing in your life and what he's called you to. But hopefully just some of my, my, my own journey will help you to say, hey, it's fine to be in, in, in positions of authority. I, I, my last position until I came back to the UK, I was managing over $7 billion worth of business. You know, I was working for a large biotech company of which my division was responsible for 50% of their revenue and their turnover. You know, God can put you into positions of, of, of high authority, but make sure your heart is right. You know, the other thing is, do you genuinely take an interest in others? You know, or is, are you the boomerang effect that the conversation always comes back to you? You know, when you walk into a room, is it because you want to be noticed or are you on the lookout to notice others? To say, God, who do you want me to talk to? Who can I encourage? Who can I call out something of what you've deposited in them? How can I call that out, you know? And so we start to see that I think, looking at the scriptures I shared with you this morning, I think it's good to be ambitious, but as long as our heart's in the right place. So how do we make that journey? Um, how do we make sure that as we start to think big about our lives again, and I hope that today you will start to think big about your lives again, 
you will start to dream big again about what God can do in and through you. That as we look at that, I think that, you know, in Philippians chapter 2, the second part of that Bible scripture is very clear about how we get to that place. And the very first thing it says, and Jesus was obedient even unto the cross. And I think there's something that as we go on this journey, and as I've gone on my own journey, you know, this just one of the things I had to do was die to self. You know, that I, I said, God, whatever it takes, whatever you want to do in my life, you know, no, just I want to be obedient. You know, I was having a conversation with, with a young man yesterday about feedback. And, you know, in the beginning when people gave me feedback, it was like, oh, I became so defensive. No, 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 that, that's not me. Listen, you've misunderstood who I am. And eventually I just got to the point of saying, thank you. You might be seeing something that I'm not seeing. Let me, I'm going to go and reflect on it, but let me learn from it. And so whether I agreed with it or not, it was always just thank you. And you went away and I reflected on it and prayed through it because I wanted to be obedient. And I knew that the only way that I could be an influential leader for the kingdom of God in the workplace is if my heart was in the right place, if I allowed God to work on my character. The second thing that we see is that there had to be a death. Jesus died on the cross. You know, he was obedient even unto death. And I think for me, what I had to realize is that I needed to, I needed to die to self, you know. But this is the good news is that God then says, he gave him a name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And for me, that was the other side of the cross, that as we come through dying to self, and we start to see that it is God who promotes, it is God that will give you a name as he did with Jesus, and that name is a magnificent name. You know, that because He has created you, He didn't make a mistake with you. He created you with purpose. He created you with gifts. And as we come through the other side, we start to see that He is the one who gives us a new identity. You know, and He gives us a, a, a new perspective of our lives. And He promotes us. And I had to learn to do that. I had to learn, there's been so many, I'll let you in on a secret. I don't know if I should do this actually. Um, I have never, ever applied for a job. Never in my whole life. But one of the things I always said to God is, God, I don't want to stay in a season longer than I have to, but I also don't want to leave a season because it's hard. And I've had many times in the workplace where I just wanted to run away, but I had to stick it out, you know, um, Whatever the horrific situation or narcissistic behavior that was going on, I had to stick it out because God wasn't finished with me yet. But one of the things we always said is, God, I will know when the seasons change, when the headhunters start phoning. And so that's, that's been my journey. Now, it might not be your journey, but that's been my journey. But what I'm trying to say is that God works on our character and He's the one who promotes. And I've had to learn to trust Him with my career and I've had to learn to trust them with my life. So coming into a close, I think the litmus test for me is really about, um, about who gets the glory. Has God, has God worked on you enough that you, are, you can step into there and say, God, bring on the influence, bring on the promotion, because I know that I'm ready to be 
a real ambassador for you in every sphere of my life. And so this morning, um, I really want to encourage you to really think about your life again. You know, um, and part of that, you know, is, is I wanted to say, ask you these three questions to get a sense of God. Am I on this side of the cross or am I on that side of the cross? You know, are you spending a lot of time trying to prop up the old self, the broken self? I've been there. And you know what? In some ways, I sometimes still am there. I'm constantly dying to myself. But, you know, we can spend a lot of time doing the selfie. You know, I'm all together. You know, and we're not necessarily being authentic about the way that we really are. But, you know, I'll tell you something. I mean, Stephen gave a little bit of an of a introduction to, to me. Yes, you know, I was deserted. I had no parents. Um, God got adopted into a very dysfunctional family. People, my father landed up in prison. All sorts of things. People like me should not be standing before you today. But I am. Because God is good. And if He can use a life like mine, He can use any one of you. All right. And so, you know, I've had to learn to say, God, actually it was quite easy for me because I knew what I was was so rubbish that actually God needed to fix me. But for some of you, you've had a really fortunate background. And actually that can get in the way more. Because actually you think, well, I'm not that bad. I'm not too, too broken. But actually we're all broken. Because God looks at the heart. And what's in the heart is often the selfishness, which comes out in other ways, which is where we lead to that, that, um, that last question, which is, if you had to ask people, what is it like to be on the other side of God? Is it a spacious place? Is it a gracious place? Or is it, are you going to have a little bit of a surprise? I asked that in the workplace, thinking I was going to get 100% great feedback. Oh my goodness. And only for the brave, ask that question. What is it like to be on the other side of me? Because, um, yeah, there were some really good insights. But you know what? It reflected my heart. Your attitude and your behavior always reflects what's in your heart. And so I had to work on that. So guys, that's it. That was my journey. Um, I do believe that God wants to, to minister to you today. Um, that, that for some of you, I'll put this up here um, if, you can, if you want to read it. But for me, there were some of you today where you're saying, Oh, Terry, it's fine for you to say this, but I'm in, I'm in my twilight years. I'm, I've, I've run my race. And what I say to you is, No, you haven't. You know, there's still another lap or two or ten or a hundred that you still need to run. And I feel like God is wanting to, to, in some ways, reinvigorate some of the dreams and the passions that you had for your life. And you're saying it's never too late. No, it's never impossible for, for God to, to complete the good work that he started in you. And so the, that's the one thing. The other thing that I wanted to, to encourage you today is as you looked at these questions over here, is there some selfishness that we might need to die to? Is there something that, 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 that really you're trying to work it out in your own strength, but in actual fact God is saying, hey, just, just rest in me, rest in my goodness, and, um, and let, me, let me take you through 
to the good things that I have for you. And guys, you know what? I, I really want to, to encourage you to think about that. Because the last one is, is, is really about God giving you a new name. God elevating you and promoting you because you've made yourself available. You've humbled yourself before Him. And so much of my life was spent trying to hide my brokenness. I don't know if you ever thought like me, which is, oh man, if people really knew what I was like, no one would want to be my friend. You know, if people really knew what I was like, they would never give me this promotion. But you know, when our hearts are tender towards God, you are the absolutely best person for that. The world is desperate for Christian leaders that would think of others, be considerate of others. You know, those that have received love and compassion and grace and favor from God, that they would pass it on, that we would be generous because God has been generous to us. And so this morning, I don't know where you fit into but you have to fit into one of those three areas. And you've got a choice to either respond to what God is saying or to leave and say, hopefully that was a good entertaining you know, sermon, talk, whatever. But more importantly, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this because I know God wants to meet you. And I think he wants to, to once again just dust off those, those dreams you've had to loosen that prophetic voice that you've been suffering, that you've been holding back on, to open those arms that are des the world is in desperate need for people like you to come and wrap your arms around them and say it's going to be okay, to provide hope in a hopeless world, to step into places of influence, visit prime ministers, you know, lead companies, you know, be the manager of your department because you know that you can lead people and lead people in situations in a better place than when you find it because you love Jesus and you love others. And so, let's, let's respond right now. Can you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, we don't want to leave this place not having met with you, not having moved on in our walk with you. And so, Holy Spirit, right now, I invite you to come and minister to our hearts. Right now. Lord, as David said in Psalm 51, Lord, search me and see if there's any wicked way in me. And Lord, that's our heart cry this morning, is... Search our hearts. And if there's any selfish ways in us, if it's all about us and not really about other people, if we've hurt our spouses, our children, our, our friends, our colleagues, because, Lord, it's been all about us. Lord, you see our hearts right now. And I pray right now that you would forgive us and help us to surrender to you. Help us to trust you with our future. Right now.
I don't want to move on from that place. If, if you're just wanting to have a little conversation with God about the state of your heart, let's do that right now. It's a wonderful place, a spacious place when God meets you and He reminds you of who you really are. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, come. Burn away. One of, in the prayer meeting this morning, um, we were praying, and one of the words was about a refiner's fire, just coming and burning away the things that would cut in your waist. Friends, I can promise you that as much as you think you can do it in your own strength, you're always going to lead, lead your second best life and not your best life. Doing it God's way, man, I'm a testament of that. I could never, ever have imagined that God could have done what he's done in and through me. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. I think for some of you, you've just got into a rut. You've, you've, you've just doing life. Coffee shops, work, nine to five, coming home, switching on the TV, whatever, whatever your routine is. No, enough is enough. You have purpose. You have destiny all over you. If God is for you, who can be against you? And Lord, right now, I pray for fresh vision for every person in this room. Right now, I pray for fresh vision. Your word is so clear about the fact, Lord, that we perish without visions, without dreams, without purpose. And right now, Lord, I pray that you would start to remind people about their kingdom purpose. I think of Gideon when Gideon was pressing wine in the wine press and the angel came and, and said, mighty warrior. And he said, no, 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 you've got it all wrong. I'm just, my clan is like the most insignificant and I'm the most insignificant in that clan. And God said, no, you're a mighty warrior. Lord, I pray right now that that Gideon anointing would come on people right now. That, Lord, where we've started to see ourselves through our brokenness rather than through the fullness of how you've created us to be. Lord, I pray that right now that you would heal those broken places. We had also in the prayer meeting this morning, um, there was a picture of a wall and there was a hole in the wall and light shining through it. And some of the, the, the broken bricks were being removed and being replaced. With, with, these, with these new bricks. And so I, I really feel that for some of us, we've been living out of our brokenness. And God right now says, enough, bring it to me. I can heal that. I can redeem it. Give me your shame. Give me your disappointments. I can deal with that. And let me make you new. And Lord, I pray for faith to rise up right now in this place as we trust you with our lives. Give us a new name. Give us an identity where we can cry out, Father, our Father, because we know that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. 
Come, Holy Spirit.